From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is a new Blue Review. And that song was Hayom today, uh, on today, on the show. So that's uh, fantastic. Uh, not, uh, or rather I couldn't say a better pr- uh, show to, uh, song to start the show off for today. Um, and, um, so yeah, it's, uh, Sorry, just having a couple technical difficulties in the studio uh, this morning. Oh, that's yeah, sorry, the microphone was just having a bit of an issue, so I apologize for that. Yeah, that was Hayom by Edhud Banai and uh, uh, Hayom today. And today we have a great show lined up. Uh, I'm excited to be with you and uh, to, to be able to bring it to you. By the way, I have to say, uh, just listening to Zanati in the news there, I thought that was an inspired choice by Investec. Um, you know, this Investec art show that they had over the weekend in Cape Town. Uh, and they decided to give the the award, according to Zanati, of the best young artist, uh, a residency in Israel. And I mean, the art scene is absolutely exploding in Israel at the moment. And I just think it's exactly what we need to be doing in terms of our, you know, our, our outreach to the rest of the country as uh, the Jewish community, we have to be giving people opportunities and then we can link them to Israel all the better. You know, there is this sort of push on the cultural side to try and exclude artists out of uh, the cultural scene here. And this just helps to really uh, break that in all sorts of ways. So I really thought that that was a, a clever choice uh, by the people who were organizing the art fair, uh, especially since in Cape Town there's been some issues. So, yeah, that w- well played there. By the way, I wanted to ask your opinion today on the show before we get into the rest of it. Has anybody been watching this ISIS girl, uh, this, this woman who went to ISIS, was an ISIS bride, and then uh, now wants to come back into England? Uh, she doesn't have any remorse. She's like, yeah, no, it's fine. What they do, it was all right. I wasn't involved, but uh, uh, will you let me back in? It's quite a, quite a hectic thing. I'd love to know what you think about that or about anything else, actually, on... Uh, on, on what's going on. You can WhatsApp us on 0618951019. Uh, you can SMS us on 34519. You can email us on airchaifm.com or tweet us at chaifm. And, uh, yeah, we'll be happy to take, uh, your views on it. After the break, we're going to be bringing you a bunch of stuff. <clears throat> we're talking about World Radio Day, which was actually last week. Um, but we're going to talk about the Israeli song that they used for World Radio Day. Also going to be uh, responding to some, uh, actually connected to what the Investec thing is. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Jewish community connecting with other communities. Uh, and in this case, some people had a problem with it. So I'll talk about that. Uh, and then, I don't know if you were reading over the weekend, this new uh, allegation that's come out of Iranian, uh, the diplomat from South Africa to Iran, who's been implicated in some uh, corruption. So we're going to be finding out what is going on there. We're going to be talking to the guy who's been handling it from the journalist's side. So, uh, yeah, that's all coming up. But uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back just after this. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. 101.9, I am Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. How are you doing out there? Uh, it's uh, it's nice to be doing a show without load shedding, eh? I have to tell you, it's uh, really, really um, 
just much, much more pleasant. Because we started the show last week, and literally as we started it, everything went down, uh, and it was all gone. And uh, that was it. Luckily, you know, in the studio we do have power where you can do whatever you need to do. And then it's, you know, you can at least listen to us on the show if you're on other kind of radio in the car or something like that. But it just turned into this whole week of um, nightmarish uh, electricity failure, one after the other. And, of course, it didn't help that it was then raining at the same time. And so you had this deadly combination of rain and uh, and electricity failure, which was just – it's just pretty horrendous, actually. <laughs> it, it was no fun at all. All, um, but I'm glad that it's back on track for the moment. But it does look as though this ESCOM thing is going to be something that's going to be a big deal for us coming through. You know, normally when you have something as contentious as something like ESCOM, you have the government who has to wait uh, for an, in an election year. You don't want to take any, uh, or governments rather don't want to take any kind of decisive action. You get the election through, and then you know, and then it's, uh, you know. Then you can take some, some, some decisive action. But the fact that, um, that, that they've had to actually, you know, start doing stuff before the election even began, I think is symbolic of the fact that they are running out of time and they can't even wait, um, for, for them to do anything, uh, because they're just running out of money and running out of time and are trying to find, uh, solutions to the problem. And, I mean, it's interesting. In many other countries around the world, they just would have privatized election, uh, uh, ESCOM. And, you know, some people think privatization is a good thing. Some people think it's a bad thing, uh, you know, because of the electricity prices and uh, that go up often with privatization and job cuts and all that kind of thing. Uh, but here it's not even on the agenda. They don't have the ability to do it because of the unions, because of the elections. And so they're trying to find all of these other uh, you know, sort of clever ways to fix the problem. And I'm not sure whether it is that we'll be able to, um, uh, actually get it right. But, but it is something that literally they have to fix even before the election, which is going to be, uh, well, pretty good if you're an opposition party member, uh, and, and, and pretty good if you're, uh, pretty bad if you're the ANC. Uh, so ESCOM, you know, they're talking about, uh, some, taking some of the debt onto the government, but if they do that, then it could drop our entire, uh, ratings. Uh, it would not really be a, a, a country that has enough money to, to clear its obligations. So it's, it's quite, you know, it's quite a mess. Uh, but I guess everyone is just happy that the lights are on. We're probably using diesel, uh, in the power plants to do that. And maybe there's, a, you know, they've managed to fix a few things. Uh, it really is, uh, you know, <laughs> a bit of a mess. So we're going to have to be following up on that. Now, um, you know, yeah, that's, that is uh, the issue around that. Let's uh, take a, a quick song and we'll come back. We're talking about this issue with uh, MTN. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi, FM. 101.9 FM, I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Uh, we're struggling a little bit to get uh, the person on the line, um, 
and uh, we, we, we were going to talk about this issue with Iran. Uh, so we're get hopefully going to be getting him on the line a little bit later on. So I apologize about the delay. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have to uh, have a look uh, and see what we can do about that. But in the meantime, I, w- I did want to chat about this space IL thing, which I think is very very cool. Uh, it's it's going to be coming up next week, where Israel is going to be launching its first ever lunar mission, and and uh, if it does make it all the way to the moon and successfully touches down, it will be uh, one of the few countries in the world to have ever sent a in uh, anything, in fact, to the moon, uh, because, he, you know, it's not often that countries go, uh, to the moon, uh, so, uh, so that, yeah, basically, they'll be, they'll be there, and it's, um, uh, it's super interesting what they're wanting to be doing. So, how this all came about is that there, there was uh, a competition, where they were trying to get uh, you get a prize basically if you could get to the moon by 2018, and and that sort of didn't work. It, it didn't come through. But the the team that from Israel, the, the private team that uh, entered, basically they got some additional donors on board, uh, including a number of ex South Africans actually, uh, who um, who were part of the uh, part of the the, the team that. Uh, back them, and so they decided. Even though they'd missed the prize for 2018, they managed to actually get uh, onto the moon anyway. So, so now that's going ahead, and in the next week or so, uh, Israel will be sending this craft to the moon. Now, they don't want to just go to the moon, just you know, sumusur. They actually want to go and do some scientific research. And one of the things that they're going to be looking into is the magnetic force. Of the moon, because you know, in South Africa or well, South Africa, <laughs> in the world, we have a um, a magnetic field. That's why we have things like compasses that work and birds that are able to, you know, fly over the planet and all this kind of thing. But that doesn't seem to be the case with the moon. The moon has um, a magnetic um, magnetic a magnetic pull. But he, it's not uh, something which is uniform, uh, and I think that might have to do with the fact that over time different asteroids have been banging into the moon and different things have been going on, and uh, and, and that's changed it. So they're trying to figure out what happened to the, the magnetism of the moon, and um, this is what Space IL is actually going to look. They've got a little, like, uh, it's called a retro-reflector. Uh, and it's going to be actually on the moon with the landing craft trying to test out where is the magnetism coming from, uh, how is it going about uh, seeing what it's doing. And, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. So uh, keep a lookout for that. The um, You know, the, we're going to be seeing what's what's going to be happening with that just in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, it's very exciting. Uh, you know, the different people have been involved, the different South Africans involved. Maybe we can even get someone on the show who can talk to us about it. I think it would be uh, absolutely uh, fascinating. Let's take a short break, and we'll be back just after this. Stay relevant and up-to-date. This is 101.9 High FM. 
It is indeed 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to the program. Good to be with you. Uh, once again, a reminder, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can WhatsApp us, 0618951019, uh, or some SMS, SMS at 3-4-5-1-9. We're, you know, we're happy to, to talk to you uh, about this. Now, I did want to talk about this one issue, which uh, kind of... Uh, I've been thinking about over the last couple of days. So there is a publication down in Cape Town. It's called dafka.com. It's run through uh, the UCT Kaplan Center. And basically it is a, a, uh, it's a publication where they look at different uh, issues in uh, the Jewish community, what you might call long form, uh, long form takes on things. So it's a, a thousand words or more, uh, proper essays looking at different issues and they've done everything from interfaith work to culture to, um, the, the cost of Jewish education, I think, and, uh, immigration issues. So they, they cover quite a wide range of issues. And, and one of the things that they, that they do is, is obviously get different community members to write in, uh, and express their views or, or maybe bring up new and interesting, uh, issues that are coming up in the community. And so they asked me to write a piece and I did so, uh, now a couple of months ago. And the piece looked at, uh, you know, the different initiatives that have started springing up in, uh, the community around, um, around reaching out to uh, the broader community. You know, uh, typically as the Jewish community, we've always been very good about Dakar and giving money, uh, you know, to different causes and, and even more wider than that sort of Tikkun Olam related things. But I was kind of looking at, uh, Tikkun Olam type, uh, uh, engagement where there's also like an explicitly Jewish angle, right? So either there's something to do with Israel or there's a Jewish community involved. Uh, you know, you get these mixed Jewish and non-Jewish choirs and the uh, you know, different, uh, like, ride for Israel where different Jewish community and the non-Jewish community, right? Either that sort of thing, Daisy. So all these different um, initiatives where, where people are coming together with uh, uh, the broader South African public and, and, and engaging them. And, and one of the, the examples that I mentioned was something that, uh, the community had done now 10 years ago where, where the Jewish community had worked with the Zulu community down in KZN and the king there and had helped to provide a, um, a hospital down there for people of KZN. Um, and, and I wrote about that and, and a variety of, of other, th- of other initiatives that the community was <clears throat> involved with. And, and yeah, th- that was the article. Yeah? That's what they asked me to do. So I see this month that there was a, 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 another article that had come in, uh, basically criticizing, uh, the, the stance that we had taken, um, and, um, and, and having a look, um, Basically, having a look at, at what we had written and and criticizing it, basically saying that particularly on this issue of uh, the king and the Zulus, that the Jewish community shouldn't have got involved because of the various uh, controversial um, things that the king has said, uh, particularly over the last 10 years, because there has been uh, some controversy about things that he said, uh, etc. Um, <clears throat> now, first of all, it's worth saying that... A lot of these uh, points that this person was making, her name is Laura, uh, 
were were things that had happened already after um after the the project had taken place so they weren't that really relevant at the time of making the decision but you know basically calling into question helping people in KZN because of 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 this, these controversial statements and you know i wanted to address it for for a few angles and and just respond on on the show because i do think it's an an interesting issue i, I don't mind having a discussion about you know the ethics of how do we as a community engage in in helping uh the the broader community but this was this was what really bothered me about this particular article is that when I went and looked up who the writer actually was, uh, this, this woman, her name is Laura, and, uh, she, you know, I noticed immediately that she was part of, um, uh, something called South African Jews for a Just Peace, which is, uh, an, uh, sort of an anti-Zionist, um, uh, community group. Uh, she's part of an institute at uh, a university which regularly hosts uh, anti-Zionist speakers and uh, her, her members of her family are very involved with, uh, you know, boycotts uh, of Israel on campuses. In other words, uh, this is a person who is is got a particular political agenda that they have when they're writing this particular article and they don't really make it known uh, when when they're writing it. You know, for me, Zionism in our community can mean a lot of things. But one of the things it does mean is that we're interested uh, as the community in growing relations between uh, South African society and Israeli society. And the reason I think that we do that uh, is because we think that overall there's a net positive, right? It's good for South Africa and South African people, whether uh, it's on the cultural side or the food side or water or healthcare or whatever. It's good for Israel uh, to be engaging with other societies. Uh, it's good, I think, even by extension for the rest of Africa, because if South Africa is more positive on this issue, then the rest of Africa will be more positive. Uh, and I even think it's actually good for the Palestinians, because it makes South Africa into more of an honest broker if the society is not one-sided about the way that it deals with this issue. And the thing about anti-Zionists is that uh, they're opposed to this agenda, and uh, they need to be more explicit about it, and and not hide behind the idea that this is somehow an ethical consideration. Because if it was, you know, I can cite all sorts of examples about things that they have tried to put a stop to. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the context is. You know, it's most petty. We all know that um, you get BDS attacks on on Israeli uh, cultural exports, right? So everyone knows that you have musicians that are uh, protested, and you have um, you you can have Israeli singers that are you know even performing for the community, that and even South African artists actually that have been to Israel, all of them get protested and their works get blocked, uh, and unsurprisingly, this often takes place uh, within the realm of. Uh, anti-Semitic action. So uh, whenever the, you have these protests of Israeli uh, cultural exports, you'll find that uh, you know, people talking about shoot the Jew or uh, um, members of the community being assaulted, uh, etc. So there's that kind of thing. Then, of course, we have famous examples uh, of you know, anti-Zionist action to try and stop uh, relations between Israeli universities and South African universities on water, of all things, you know, because we we clearly have all the water that we need in this country. We have had local farmers uh, being targeted for their exports. People don't want pe- them to export to Israel, so that's then jobs that's on the line. Uh, we The most uh, egregious example would be the circumcision 
uh, issue. You know, there was this very famous uh, Israeli device called Prepex, which uh, at the time was endorsed as a solution to some of the circ- botched circumcisions that we were seeing. And it was a potential solution, uh, and there was uh, resistance to that. Of course, we're talking at the moment about the Clover deal, uh, which is going to be creating jobs in the dairy sector. All of these things have been opposed. And actually, the prepex thing was the most egregious because uh, there was literally a quote that came out of the BDS supporters at the time where they the quote was something like this. We don't care that we, we, we agree that, that prepex, uh, this device is the best way to deal with the circumcision issue. But even so, we don't want it, uh, in South Africa because it's Israeli. Uh, and I think this is really, uh, the nub of the issue. And the implication here is fairly clear, right? It doesn't matter whether you are an Israeli performer, you come from civil society. Uh, whether you're a government agency, whether you're an academic, whether you come from the business world, whether you're a startup, it actually uh, doesn't matter. As long as you come to Israel, these anti-Zionists uh, are going to try and stop you because of their sort of political agenda. And it's quite clear that they are prepared to put their own uh, political agenda above that uh, of the needs of ordinary South Africans uh, and take away whatever opportunities that they might have uh, for their growth because of their own narrow political agenda, right? And and I really think that that is uh, quite worrying and quite disturbing. And the ethics involved are literally zero. Uh, as long as it's from Israel, that's what they're prepared to do. Uh, and it's just I – I just really think it's unacceptable uh, that uh, – this is where uh, these people want to take the conversation. I mean, uh, another part which I, th- I found extremely frustrating was the abusive history, right? So what what you'll have, you, you get this, like, idea that the anti-Zionists will pick up uh, some historical thing and then try and guilt South Africans into saying, oh, well, look, you know, we were on the right side of history, uh, which incidentally they weren't on this particular occasion. Uh, and so, you know, therefore we're right now and we have to uh, tell you what's right for you. And it's, it's very like this kind of sneering morality really irritates me uh, quite a lot. And particularly in this case, you know, the, the, the article spends most of its time talking about a very dark chapter in South African history where uh, there was fighting between uh, the ANC and the IFP, and they talk about uh, how the Israeli government had links with the IFP, and therefore uh, we shouldn't be dealing with them. Now, I'm not an, an IFP voter. Uh, I'm not a supporter of theirs. Uh, but, you know, basically what they're suggesting is that on the basis of uh, some historical event, you shouldn't be able to deal with democratically elected uh, political entities uh, in the country, which, I mean, I think is completely absurd. Besides the fact that this particular piece of history is more and more uh, coming under threat uh, from new historians who are writing about it, uh, latest suggestions suggest that, in fact, it wasn't the IFP, that actually it was the ANC uh, who was doing most of the of the killing in KwaZulu-Natal uh, in the late. 90s. Uh, if you're interested in that, by the way, you should read the, a book called The People's War by Anthea Jeffries. So they don't even have uh, the actual um, history correct. Uh, the truth is that they were siding with uh, the ANC, which was a Soviet uh, satellite group at the time. Uh, they were being funded by the Soviet Union, trade by the North Vietnamese in a very dangerous form of war- warfare. The Palestinians at the time were supporting Idi Amin. Uh, and, and actually, uh, these people were on the wrong side of history. So we've got to be very careful uh, as a Jewish community about letting our history be taken from us uh, by people who don't care even about the historical facts, but more so uh, about uh, South Africa's current and, and what it is uh, that we need to do to make this 
country work, right? And uh, and not only do they have some sort of relativity when it comes to history, the BDS uh, are quite happy to endorse anyone who's who's anti the Jewish community, uh, including, by the way, people like uh, Jacob Zuma. The, the BDS was quite happy to endorse uh, the Zuma faction just before uh the 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 conference uh, a, a year ago right the big bds flags and kosasana glamini zuma there coming out uh, and so they mustn't lecture us on what is the right way to partner uh in south africa right we'll find the right ways to help communities and i'm quite proud as a jewish south african that uh, uh we have helped people in kzn uh, and they have proper health care uh, because of uh, input between our community and Israel uh, and whatever else was going on in the province. So, yes, we can talk about ethics. We can talk about the right way to handle things. And I'm happy to have uh, that conversation, perhaps uh, even at a different time, because we are running out of time a little bit for this particular topic. Uh, but I think that that if people do want to criticize that, they have to be a little bit honest and say that ethics has very little to do with what they actually think uh, they're not they don't care about the process. They care about the outcome. The outcome, uh, w- which uh, we are interested in, is an improvement in relations between South African society and Israel society um, because we think that that is the correct way to go. So, uh, yeah, I just thought I would uh, put that out there. We'll take a short break. We'll be back just after this. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. It is indeed 101.9. Hi, FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. Welcome back to the program. Uh, very happy to, um, uh, very happy to be back with you again. Uh, and, uh, I see that, uh, the Poles and the Israelis are back at it again. Uh, was it about a year ago or a, a little bit more, uh, that, that we had this issue? I don't know. It seems to keep coming up. I don't know what is going on in Poland uh, and what is going on uh, in Israel. Because you'll recall that in Poland there was this, uh, I think, a law that they wanted to pass where they said that, um, you know, that people kept referring to the Polish death camps, right? Uh, and the Poles got very, very upset with this. They were saying, look, there was no such thing as a Polish death camp. There was uh, German death camps in Poland uh, because it was a... Um, uh, you know, it was an occupied area by the, by the Nazis, uh, and therefore the, this is not something you were allowed to say. And this sparked an intense debate, uh, in Israel where people were saying, look, the Poles were collaborators and they, uh, you know, were just as bad as the Nazis in some respect, uh, and the anti-Semitism was just as bad. And then people were saying, yeah, but look, all the, you know, the right, the righteous amongst the nations were actually mostly Poles, or the most of them were Poles. And, uh, and it was quite a, uh, you know, quite a, a bit of a fracas. And then all of a sudden, um, it kind of died down, and I think that they they managed to sort it out. Uh, I'm not even sure they might have even have withdrawn the, the particular the particular law which was um, being the problem. And and then uh, all of a sudden, the, they're now cancelling a trip to Israel uh, over remarks that Netanyahu. Um, is made at a high-level uh, summit because, uh, again, this, this issue has uh, come up. And so now um, the Polish Prime Minister said that he's not going to come. Uh, they're going to send a lower delegation. There's a big uh, conference coming on in Jerusalem. And I think it is a, a pity, actually, because we, we actually were making a lot of progress with the Poles. 
uh, as the Jewish community around the world, and we were trying to figure out um, what to what to do about uh, how do we deal with this difficult history. Uh, and suddenly, all of this has uh, exploded again. And I really think that uh, uh, it's it's unfortunate, and we should uh, try and find a way uh, to work with uh, European uh, allies. And uh, you know, sometimes I remember a diplomat telling me once the the first law about diplomacy is just don't go there, right? Don't start an argument unless you don't have to. Uh, and so perhaps that is what we need to do. I'm going to take a short break. We'll be back just after this. Connecting our community. Live, the 101.9 High FM. New Blue Review here, Benji Shulman on uh, your favorite radio station. And because it's your favorite radio station, uh, I thought that we needed to uh, talk a little bit about um, uh, the World uh, Radio Day um, that that was last week. I didn't get a chance to talk about it because it happened later on in the week, but it was World Radio Day. This is a radio station, so it's I felt like we did need to talk about it. Uh, and I was quite excited to see that for World Radio Day, which is like a sort of a UNESCO, uh, actually day, which is kind of interesting, uh, given what, uh, um, what we, what I'm about to tell you is that for World Radio Day, they decided that they were going to get once a song that people would be able to sing, uh, across the whole country. And, um, this year's theme was dialogue, tolerance and peace. And, uh, in, in celebration of that, they got 2,000 radio stations, uh, on World Radio Day, all to, uh, deal with this theme and also to play a song, uh, that was basically having to do with this particular theme. So, uh, what was the song that they actually decided to, uh, pick? Uh, the song was, uh, One Day, which of course is, uh, if you've listened to the station, is, uh, Matisiahu song. And, uh, in this Matisseyahu song, uh, he sings about one day, and it's uh, one that we play quite often, actually, on the station, um, and uh, and also is one that was been used uh, in Kululam. Uh, you, of course, you'll know Kululam uh, as the big singing sensation that came uh, from King David. Uh, they did it for 70 years last year, uh, and it was a, a lot of fun. And for Kululam, they had 3,000 Jewish, Muslim, and Christian Israelis uh, sing it uh, the other day, which was uh, very, very cool. And UNESCO then chose this as a song that was going to be sung uh, across the world, really, on 2,000 different stations. Um, and this is UNESCO, which hasn't always had the best uh, history in dealing with this kind of stuff. So I just thought that that was cool, that it was World Radio Day, that there was a great song, and uh, that, that we all got a chance to play it. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, was pretty interesting. Anyway, uh, so I thought, what better way than to uh, finish up today, and then to be playing uh, one day by uh, Matisseyahu uh, in celebration, a little bit late of um, of World Radio Day, but nonetheless uh, there. Thank you f- so much for joining us, by the way, for today's show. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to all the people who help out make the show possible. Uh, to Mandy who does the production, uh, to uh, Vusi who is on the sound. 
uh, engineering side of things, uh, to Craig who pushes all the big red buttons, Tabo, Kathy, uh, and all the people at HiFM who really do make the show possible. And of course, uh, to you who uh, listen in every week and uh, engage with us and uh, listen to what we have to say. So I really appreciate it and I'm looking forward to chatting again next week on the new Blue Review. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it already. But in the meantime, we're going to be playing out today with One Day. Bye.